0: Yeah, feels like you're so You to fight for the you love.
1: Yeah, I know you're tuning in and you're thinking, uh, what have I reached here? Do I have the right place? Yeah, you got the right place. This is the collision of faith and politics with the ninja pastor. Give a check on this right here. This is a scooter Brown band make it out alive they're gonna be our guests on here in just a little bit but uh this is the ninja pastor reverend dr sean michael greener and uh i am gonna be this is gonna be fun right here this could be seriously fun all veteran band scooter brown band awesome united states marine corps getting it done Mm
0: Feels like you're so grown up You volunteer to fight For the things you love Sacrificing everything You love and hold dear You can die for your country But you can't drink a beer And if I make it out alive I'm gonna hold her little more time I'm going to tell my old man I love him and I'm going to praise God for my life and I'm going to live for every sunset and for every sunrise I swear I'll be a better man if I make it out alive Lonesome is a lonely sound But you never heard lonesome Till the fire comes down And never knowing if you're gonna live or die It can show a of war In a young man's mind And if I make it out alive, I'm on hold I'm going to tell my old man I love him And I'm going to praise God for my life And I'm going to live for every sunset And for every sunrise I swear I'll be a better man If I make it out If I make it, if I make it, if I make it out And for every sunrise I swear I'll be a better man If I made, So wrong, you volunteer to fight for the things you love Sacrificing everything you love and hold dear You can die for your country, but you can't drink a beer
1: what I'm talking about right there, folks. That's what I'm talking about. Today, we have on Oh, no one we got going there. I think we're all right. We just had a massive power surge here. Uh, hopefully, we are still broadcasting. Uh, that would be great if we were. Uh, we kind of suck if we're not. Uh, basically, the bottom line is, this is a serious band, the Scooter Brown Band. and I have to thank uh, my good buddy, Sean who is uh, serving in the military as a military fireman, uh, he turned me on to this band. He kept inviting me to go to these Scooter Brown things. I'm like, I don't know I know Scooter Brown. And uh, kept saying, you know, come on, we, we got to go to this thing. And it, sometimes they are far, a little bit far away. And I was all, nah, I can't, I'm too tired. But uh, now I wish I would have dragged my behind out of the, out of the bed because <laughs> they're awesome. And I'm really excited to share them with you today because they are quite something. Now, May 11th, I think that's tomorrow. You're going to be at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville, Tennessee. That's how you say that, Nashville. Uh, I lived in Tennessee, so I'm a little bit of an authority. May 11th, the Wild Horse Saloon. Uh, May 12th, Scarlett Hall in Fletcher, North Carolina. May 13th, the Corbin Arena with Travis Tritt and Charlie Daniels. Yeah, that's right. The Corbin Arena with Travis Tritt, one of my very favorites, and Charlie Daniels. Good guy. Uh, May 14th, Beaver Dam Amphitheater with Charlie Daniels in Beaver Dam, Kentucky. Base Camp 40 Golf Tournament, Humble, Texas. Papazoma Lake, Montgomery, Texas. Back to Nashville, Storm, Stormy Warren Charity Ride, 3rd and Lindsley, Nashville, Tennessee. CMA Fest at the Gildan Hard Rock Stage, Nashville. Little Bear Saloon, two nights. Uh, they know better. Better have them for two nights so everybody can see them. Evergreen, Colorado. That's the 16th and 17th of June. Holt's Summer Fireworks Festival in Holtz Summit, Missouri. Uh, pub Station on the 6th. Look, y'all, I mean, they're all over the place. They are they are all over the place. And there's a good reason for that. And the reason for that is not only are they just rocking Southern Rock, they, they really, really have a good message, really super good message. And uh, I'm impressed with them. I've been uh, – <laughs> I sound good after the NSA power surge. Yeah, it was really something uh, – it was so loud in my ear. You couldn't believe it. Uh, but uh, so suffice to say, you know, I'm I'm really, really uh, glad to have them on. Great songs, great stories, great guys. And I think you're going to like it. I'm not sure they knew quite how to take me at first because I just don't worry about what we're going to talk about. I don't do a lot of uh, preparation with the people who I'm going to interview on the show. Uh, I just say, you be you, I'll be me. It'll work out. Trust me. Last week, by the way, you made that the number seven, most listened to episode uh, at 1.3, 1.34, let 1. oh, me look, 1.343 million uh, downloads. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. And uh, I'm down with that. I'm really, really down with that. It works well for me. I like it. I like it. We don't make a penny on the show. We use all of our own money. So let me just give you this to, uh, to chaw on. Oh, by the way, by the way. Oh, comey canned. And one great band. What do you think of that title? I, I'm all up in that. Uh, Comey canned. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. You're fired. I love it. I love it. I'm going to talk about that after the band is on. Uh, Scooter will be on with us. And uh, and to tell you the truth, uh, I'm going to pretty shred that uh, whole Comey thing. Shred that up. And and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to a lot of points that I don't think America, most folks are are making. I'm going to go totally off book. I'm going to talk frankly about the canning of Comey and what it means to you. And look, I don't gloss over things. That's not what I do. I just want to run into the fire head on. And uh, my hair, I might come out the other side but my hair will be on fire. I might be limping. And I might go out the wrong door. I might be crawling out, but I'm making it out on the other side. And if not, God will carry me home. That's the way he does. That's what he does. So if, you, if you're if you driving your car, please don't, please don't consider texting out any links or anything like that. Uh, but if you come to a stoplight, uh, or, you know, you're in a stop sign or whatever, or park a parking lot, feel free to send out this link, have people listen in. That, that's, that's what we like. So here you go. Gold stars. Listen, I'm privileged uh, to be affiliated with the Michael Strange Foundation. I love those people. They're good people. Uh, Charlie Strange lost his son, Charlie and Marianne. Uh, Charlie's son was taken in extortion 17. And uh, he was rolling out with uh, DevGrew and, you know, SEAL Team 6 and, and, uh, and they were shot down. The largest single day li- single loss of United States Navy SEALs ever in history. And it was our biggest loss, biggest one-day loss in history of, of both these wars we're fighting. So we are still at war, and there still is a great cost, as is evidenced by the fact that a senior chief SEAL was just killed in Somalia. What a, a dirty, dirty place Somalia is. Um, so remember, you have gold stars all around you. There are many gold stars that listen to this show. And uh, I'm honored and privileged to have them listen to the show. And I'm pleased that they would take the time to do it because we honor them in, in not only directly honor them, but we believe we honor them through what we stand for and what we will not stand for. And so that's um, that's by the way, great report so far uh, on the song. They have another song I'm going to play in a minute called Olivia. And it's just killer. It is just killer. If you like Southern fried rock, I call it Southern fried rock. Now I'm old. I'm you know I'm 50. I'll be 52 in September. And that's what I call it. I don't know if that's the right term or or what. If that's I don't even, they probably were like no nah, we'd rather you not say that. Uh, but that's what I call it. Southern fried rock, country rock. I like country. and I like rock. And these boys get it done. They really really get it done. They're into a lot of the stuff that we like. So we're going to talk to them about that too. But so veterans, if you are a veteran. Of uh, of any war, really, I, it doesn't matter to me what war it is. I'm I'm thankful for you uh, serving, and if you didn't see combat, I'm still thankful. A lot of a lot of veterans who never saw combat, you know, they feel bad because you know sometimes people say, "Well, thank you for serving," and well, you know, I didn't do anything. I just cook the food. Listen, can't nobody fight if they don't have food on their belly, right? Can't nobody fight unless they're getting paid. You know, somebody's got to somebody's got to work all that out, and you got to have somebody cutting hair and somebody fixing things and CBs and whatnot, getting there done, getting in there, getting after it, mechanics and firemen like my good buddy, Sean, you look, you know, you, you, if the planes don't get worked on, they don't fly. The ships don't get worked on. They don't float. You know, if the guns don't get maintenance, they don't fire. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. You know, what I want to say next is is to the veterans out there who are back and they're struggling with why they made it back. And why, by the way, uh, this is a call out to all of my Philadelphia peeps. I have a good friend personally and a good friend of the show. Um, and um, we really, really need to find them a place to rent in the uh, West Falls area. Or I'm sorry, the Falls area, uh, just outside of Philly, Western, you know, Western Philadelphia, uh, near the, uh, what hospital was it? I come up. Penn. Uh, we need to find them within 20 minutes a pen, a nice place to live, a safe area, uh, all that stuff. You'll never you, your home will never be treated better if you have a townhouse or whatever doesn't matter what. But we need to get them uh, locked down on something. And uh, like I say, he's a very good friend. I will personally vouch for he and his wife. They are awesome people. I love them, let know their parents and, and a great great veteran, uh, special forces guy and a great guy. So if you have a place, And uh, I say that because we have people listening all around the world that you may own property there. You'll never rent to a better, better couple than this couple right here. They are the best that there is. And by the way, if you can sling a, uh, they're not asking for it. I'm asking for them. Sling a little, uh, sling a little military discount their way. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. If not, you know, they can handle it. We can handle it. So, uh, you know, if you have that, get a hold of me and I'll link you up with them and it'll be all good. And we got to act quick. They need to be moved in by July. So it's a uh, time's a ticking. Living through grief on purpose ebook. I wrote an ebook called living through grief on purpose. I do a workshop I just recently did with, with my buddy, uh, Charlie strange and, uh, to the Michael strange foundation and, and the folks that were there amazing gold stars, just amazing people. I was so privileged. I mean, just really so privileged, uh, love them to death. And, uh, Great, great people, brave people, brave people and lost their children uh, to war. Gold star family. So uh, if you would like that now, you don't have to be a gold star. You could be a veteran who lost buddies. Uh, You could be a person who lost somebody uh, just recently or maybe you've not gotten through. Now, this is designed to accompany a workshop that I do live, but uh, I believe it'll help you. There's some links there. And then you can, of course, always get a hold of me. I'm giving that book away giving that ebook away. Now I took a lot of time to make that ebook, uh, but now I'm giving it away and it's for free. Uh, follow me on, but what you have to do is you have to follow me on Twitter. If you have Twitter, you have to like and follow me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the ninja pastor. And you have to go to the ninja and I'll send it directly to you at no charge. All you have to do is send me a message and uh, we'll send it to you. It's just a link. Boom. It'll automatically open. There's a lot of active links on there. It's really, really cool. If I may say so myself, I'm working on another one right now, specifically on suicide, suicide. And we're working on something that deals with if you lose someone to heroin. And that is, uh, you know, it's just a terrible, terrible thing that's going on. But, but this one living through grief on purpose, uh, that is uh, work I did for the Mike Strange Foundation and uh, in general for counseling people. Hey to my buddy, David Partridge, one of my very best friends, been friends a long time. That brother's been through uh, so much with me, been by my side through so much, just a treasured friend. Thank you for listening. By the way, Jerry from Pennsylvania, we're, we are praying, uh, please extend this to Bryn and, and uh, just the whole, the whole family, the whole Sellers family. Uh, Carson Sellers just had uh, surgery. And it's a pretty serious thing. Kid's been sick for a long time, and uh, we are praying that this helps. So we'll collectively pray together that, that that will help him. So he is in recovery right now, and we are very, very thankful to God that he brought him through it. So just remember, Living Through Grief on Purpose ebook. People say, well, what do you get from that? I don't get a thing. Uh, I paid for the program to make it. I took the you know weeks to, to write it and structure it and all that stuff. And uh, I want to give it away, and, and I'm going to give that away. If you, if you have Twitter, follow me at the Ninja Pastor. Uh, like me and follow me on Facebook. If you have Facebook, Facebook.com/backslash Ninja Pastor, and uh, go to my website, pastorcom and uh, follow, there's a, a thing that pops up. Put your name and your email in there. I'm not going to spam you. I barely ever send anything out, and uh, we'll put you on that list. And then send me a message. Put a put a comment in there, and we will send you. Uh, the link to Living Through Grief on Purpose ebook for free. Uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about is uh, Hilo LX. People have been asking me about this. And what it is, is a it's a health oracle. And you wear it on your wrist. Uh, it's, it's already potentially saved my life. Sent my loved wife several warnings. When my blood pressure, my heart rate, my respirations weren't right. Uh, and they weren't right. Uh, and, but what's cool about it is it not only does that. See, I'm, I'm all over the place. You know, when I'm well enough to walk, I uh, I'll go take photographs, uh, and I'll be out in the middle of nowhere, really, really and truly, out in the middle of nowhere. And this will send my love wife a message, and it will tell her exactly where I am. And uh, you know, it, it's just pretty darn amazing. If if I might say so myself, I'm stunned by it. So I put together this little website. It's uh, HTTP colon backslash backslash say Hilo, not say hello, say Hilo, S-A-Y-H-E-L-O dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com backslash Dr. Sean, D-R-S-H-A-W-N. Better yet, you know, just, you know, send me a message. I'll send you a link. And it's, it's really, really amazing. Um, I'm blown away by it. It's kind of like one of those other wearable fitness devices, uh, but it, but it is so far above that. I, I just cannot tell. This thing will do an EEG on me while I'm sitting there. Yeah, absolutely it'll do a heart examination, it, it does my steps, it does does all that other stuff, and it does a detailed analysis of my sleep every day, uh, it's extraordinary, it counts my rep, resp, uh, respirations, all that stuff, it's absolutely stunning, I, I gotta t- I'm i blown away by it, I really, really am, so uh, I'm very, very fortunate uh, to, to have this, and I'm going to tell you all about it, but listen, right now, we want to bring on the line, uh, Scooter Brown. And, Scooter, you're going to have to tell me. This is Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor. Uh, Welcome to the show, The Collision of Faith and Politics. Good to have you.
2: Hey, glad to be here, man. Appreciate you.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, you live in the great state of Texas, or you're from the great state of Texas?
2: Um, I lived in Texas for a long time. I live in Tennessee now, but I'm actually originally from Colorado.
1: Hmm. Well, you've been to some of the best states. I mean, that's... uh, I, I love all three of those states: Texas, Colorado, and Tennessee. I lived in Tennessee for three years and loved it. And uh, Texas—that's kind of my dream to move there. It's an awesome place. In Colorado, I wanna—I want to go hunting in Colorado. That's—that's that's my big thing. Want to go hunting? Oh, yeah, bow man. hunting, though. I'll, I only do bow hunting. So, uh, but um, I, anyway, well, welcome to the I show. To
2: man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having. Me. I, I'm a—I'm a bow hunter myself. I shoot a, a long bow, and I was out in Western Colorado uh, about the. Uh, Two years ago doing a a bear hunt with my longbow. Uh, it was wow. pretty, pretty gnarly. It was
1: pretty cool. That's awesome. I have a uh I one of the bows I have is a, um, I shoot a bowtech compound bow, but uh, the other bow oh. I have is a crossbow and it's called a coda bow. And the inventor of this coda bow, he used to be um what is that gun manufacturer? Six hour. He used to be the CEO of Six Hour. And he's a friend of mine. He's right oh. in Westchester, Pennsylvania. But what's crazy is he and his buddy, they longbow hunt. Uh, what in the world do they hunt for? They hunt for some gigantic, I mean, elk maybe. Uh, and I'm telling you, this thing is unbelievable. And it's, it, you know, he has, he has invented one of the most amazing crossbows I've ever seen. Yet he, he is going on these hunting expeditions with this longbow. It's, it's just so simple. You know, it's just simple and clean and amazing. I'm, I'm blown away by it. I really am.
2: Yeah, there's something about hunting with a longbow that you have to, you know, you're using all your, your, basically your instinct on, on hunting. It's basically, it's about as archaic as it gets besides throwing a spear or an atlatl.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is amazing. So how long have you been hunting?
2: Uh, I've been hunting on and off all, all my life. Um, uh i i don't get a chance to do it as often because i'm always out touring um playing shows but i actually uh of a a co-founder of a of a nonprofit that called base camp 40 that takes uh, combat veterans on hunting and fishing trips so i get to spend some time doing that kind of just helping guide and stuff so it kind of keeps keeps me satisfied um to to just to be out in the woods
1: i love that so you're going to be in humble texas on june 2nd doing a base camp 40 golf tournament I'm assuming raising money for yeah. that that's that's awesome that is awesome well i I told the uh the audience uh now last last and we'll see how well you do uh last week we had over one point four million uh listeners and I told our audience this week um about just some of your schedule now folks I didn't go through all this schedule this is just a tiny bit of it I just gave you a snippet my goodness you must drive the wheels off your van <laughs>
2: Yeah, we put some miles on, man. We've been doing it for a long time. And uh, that's, that's what I love about music. Like, I, I love the journey. I love the uh, just hitting the road and, and seeing a new city or a new town or a new piece of this amazing country that I haven't seen before. And um, I, I love getting out on the road. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I love touring and playing music.
1: Now, you're going to be with one of my very favorites, uh, Travis Tritt. And I know that Travis. Yeah. uh I've liked Travis Tritt for many, many years, many years. And Travis, a little known fact about Travis is, man, Travis Tritt, he puts his money where his mouth is. He put his time where his mouth is. Uh, he really cares. He really, really cares. By the way, thank you to the folks out there uh, for my buddy uh, looking for a, a place near uh, Penn in Philly. I, that's awesome. I. I knew as soon as I saw his name pop up, I said, "Man, if anybody's going to know, uh, this is a this is a, uh, a United States Army uh, Special Forces officer, and uh, he and his wife need a need a place to stay, and it needs to be a nice, safe place and close to the hospital. That's awesome, man! I'll be giving you a call after the show. So, uh, but Travis Tritt, what Travis Tritt does a lot of times is whenever he's touring, which he still tours, which is amazing to me, uh, Travis Tritt." Mm-hmm he he'll go he'll make the time to go to real i mean real quiet about it too he's all stealth he goes in on stealth mode and and he'll go in and he'll visit a va or different veterans organizations and and just go through and shake people's hands and you know sometimes he'll take his guitar and he'll he'll just play play some music for the guys and the and the ladies that are recovering it's just absolutely unreal and it sounds to me like that's kind of what you're about
2: yeah yeah um Travis is super cool. He's a he's a great dude, and I mean, one of the best southern rock and country singers and performers oh, yeah, that have ever graced the stage. I mean, he's just amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, uh, that's one thing I love about you know the country music and southern rock music is you know pretty much everybody involved, in it's pretty patriotic and supports our military. So um, you're not getting in too many too many uh, uh, arguments with, with your fellow, uh, comrades, uh, over, over too much, too much politics because we all pretty much breed the same yep. thing, you know?
1: I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, one of your, one of your followers and, uh, and friends of the band is Sean McLaren, Sean and Angie McLaren, and they're great friends of mine. I love them to death and, uh, really, really do. And they, I'm telling you, I can I cannot tell you how many times they have gotten on my case about when you're going to have the scooter Brown band on your show. And, and they've been telling me and telling me, tell me, I said, you know, I don't know about the scooter Brown band. And they said, well, we've invited you several times to come here, scooter Brown, uh, scooter Brown. Band. And, and, you know, I have to be honest with you. Uh, it was just always one thing or another that I couldn't, but I'm telling you next time you get anywhere near uh, and, and I have an opening, in my schedule if I'm somewhere speaking in a state speaking, and you guys are there. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to hear you play. But what i want to do is i want to direct the audience to if you're on facebook go to the scooter brown band facebook site and i'm telling you there's a lot of stuff on there about uh what you're about and i like uh it's very simple it's not a real clogged up thing uh that's confusing and your mission is real simple you write original music you travel the road and you perform that original music you just wrote to whoever will listen and look, it doesn't get any more simple than that, folks. It's it's just let's get it. Let's get out there and let's make some good music that means something. Some good stories. Uh, now, you you are a United States Marine Corps veteran. I I thank you for your service. I am a Navy veteran, uh, and okay. and then other government agency after that. And I I have to tell you, I worked with a lot of Marines, and I loved them. I have nephews uh, who I can say now both were Marines, uh, Staff Sergeant. Uh, I don't know if I even should even say his name on the air. Bradley Greener, he uh, he just uh, he just received his DD two fourteen, and he is headed to Texas. He's gonna he's nice. gonna start his post military career, and and his twin brother Wayne, who I'm very proud of and love dearly, uh, Wayne is a police officer in Connecticut. So uh, they both served. Oh, and, cool. and they boy, well, they look like Marines too, man. They're <laughs> square jaw, all piped out, you know, and and uh, got all the right kind of (laughs) of tattoos and whatnot, but thank you for your service in the Marine Corps. Now, somebody told me, and I don't know if if this is true. You know, I have a little bit of Intel out there and somebody told me that you were the guy uh, in the, in the barracks uh, or out, you know, on patrol or whatever, back at the operating base that you had your guitar and you would always be singing and uh, just, just really uh, doing music all the time when in downtime, when you weren't working out and, working on your weapons and all that stuff, you uh, you know, you were singing. And people used to tell you, look, man, you ought to do, you ought to do this for a living. What's the matter with you doing this Marine Corps business? You need to be out there making music.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's crazy because uh, music's always been in my blood as far as I love music. Um, but growing up, I never had a, a, an outlet for it. And uh, when I joined the Marine Corps, I never played an, an instrument in my life. And, uh, uh, within the first few weeks of being in the fleet, I met one of my best friends. He's still one of my really good friends today, um, who had a guitar and he knew a few chords and I just became really intrigued with it. And so I would, uh, I'd borrow his guitar, uh, and I'd, and I'd keep it, you know, and, and he'd come down and try and get it from me. And finally he said, they grab the checkbook. We're going to the, uh music store because uh you need to buy your own guitar because i'm sick of you stealing mine all the time and uh I, I went and got a guitar and i just became obsessed with it like you said when i'm when i wasn't training when i wasn't working out when i wasn't uh doing anything marine corps related i had that guitar in my hand i'd wake up early for reveille and 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 practice and you know during during lunch if we were back at camp uh you know i'd pick it up and then after we were done I'd spend the rest of the night playing and uh I just I fell in love with it and you know I didn't didn't know if I could really sing at all and I, people were like hey you should sing a little louder you know and it just kind of kind of fumbled through until uh, I was looking at uh, re-enlisting, and uh, I was about to re-enlist, and I just decided to say you know what I want to try this music
1: thing out. Huh? Now why did you join? Uh, for, I'm going to ask you two questions really and and I'll ask them at the same time. Um, why did you join the military and why specifically the Marine Corps? Um,
2: it's actually, it's actually a funny, um, uh, I, I knew from the time I was third or in third or fourth grade that I was going to be in the military. Um, and I actually initially, um, and I always had respect for the Marines, but because of all the movies that were out at the time when I was growing up, I really wanted to be an army ranger. And, uh, so I went to initially sign up with the army and, uh, you know, there's gonna be some army guys out there that may not like the story, but the, uh, the recruiter came out and, uh, he wasn't the best representation of the army. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, he kind of left me sitting there. He had a, you know, a cigarette and a pot belly and his, and his hmm. <laughs> uh, pant leg was pulled up on his, on his trousers. And it was, it kind of weird, you know, and, and, he said like, hey i gotta leave for like 15 minutes i'll be right back just hang out well as soon as he left this marine staff sergeant came walking out and asked me what i was doing here and he <laughs> and he was stacked you know the marine corps uh everything was perfect on him and he said you want to look like that guy or you want to look like this and i was like let's talk a little bit
1: <laughs> yeah so
2: uh that's why i ended up going over to the marine corps uh, because uh my recruiter took off on me for 15 minutes and the marine snatched me up so how
1: about that did you like the marine corps
2: i love the marine corps like i i i thought i was i went into the marine corps expecting to be a lifer like mm-hmm. i love my job i was i was O three eleven. i was a scout with the light armored reconnaissance
1: battalion um, for those that don't know 311 is infantry uh, so, uh, yeah. uh, my nephews have 0311 tattooed on them. That's, that's what they were. Yeah. Cool.
2: Um, uh, uh, I loved it. Um, you know, music, it just the music got to me and, uh, growing up, I played baseball and I kind of always wondered if I, if I could have done anything with baseball and I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to worry or wonder mm-hmm. the rest of my life wondering if I could have done something with music and cause being a Marine or being in the military in general, especially Marine. I mean, that that was my, and to this day, no musical accolade will ever take over that accomplishment for me standing on top of the Reaper, getting an evil Globe and Anchor put in my hand. Like that was, yeah, that was, that was it for me, you know, so everything that comes after this is just icing on the cake, you know, it's, it's, it's just cool to experience.
1: Yeah, it is, it is crazy how uh, it will take over your life. I have, and I say this to this day, I've been through a lot of experiences, 54 countries, uh, filled up four passports, all that stuff. I've been to and done a lot of neat things, but nothing compares to my experience with the military. Some of the best ladies and gentlemen I've ever, ever met in my life, some of the most amazing human beings. Really, it's, it's, and and you just don't, hard to explain, you know, you're always chasing that after you get out. Uh, that that same camaraderie It sounds to me like, though, your band, uh, you and your band, it sounds to me like you guys are pretty tight. I mean, you can kind of hear a tightness there. That's you've got Matt Bledsoe on the drums, Stephen Sutherland on bass and vocals and Nathan Lockhart on lead guitar. How'd you come across those guys? Um,
2: man, just pure luck over the years. Um, when I started off playing, I was playing acoustic with me and uh, another Marine Corps buddy of mine, Brandon Robillia. And, um, uh, Matt, our drummer, he was, he's an army veteran. He was an artillery guy. Um, and, uh, about 10 years ago, um, one of the people that was playing in our band was like, Hey, I know this drummer cause we didn't have a drummer. We just kind of did this acoustic thing. And, uh, so he's been our one and only drummer since the band started. Um, and, you know, been with us for a long time. Um, uh, Steven Sutherland is actually from Scotland and, uh, he lived in the neighborhood across from me and my wife used to watch his kids during the day and uh, he <laughs> was in bands over in Europe and stuff and uh, one thing led to another. Next thing I know he was, he's with us. He's been with me for about six years or so uh, and Nathan is the newest guy. He's been with us for about a year and a half. Um, we actually had our, our old guitar player was an Air Force guy so we actually had an Army, Marine, and Air Force uh, guy guys in the band um, but uh, but it is just Matt and I now, as far as the, the service
1: related. Yeah, well, that's important. I think it's important to have that. Uh, I've got a friend of mine, Dave Bray, is a uh, uh, Marine Corps. Uh, or he's a Navy veteran, but he was a um, uh, doc and a combat doc, and he um, they call him corpsman in the Navy, and and but he rolled with the Marines almost the whole time he was in. And uh, but mm. does music and all that stuff now, so but so yeah, the, the southern Dave's actually a good friend of mine. Oh, no kidding, I didn't even know you so knew doing, there. yeah, yeah, I he's, he's, he's a good today, buddy of mine too. <laughs> well, tell him the ninja pastor said hi, he's he's a great guy, I love him to death, and and his family, yeah, well, so uh, well, uh, you know, it sounds to me like a lot of this just kind of God kind of put into place, and then you answered yes to it the Southern rock and country. Is this cause, you know, it says you're from Midlothian, Texas. Um, and, and I know that's real huge there and, and throughout the great state of Texas, but it was the Southern rock just what came to you or is you said, you know, if I could play any genre, this is what I want to do. Yeah.
2: Um, I actually started off a lot more straightforward country. Um, we always had I had a little bit more of a and edge, but uh, I started off just being a straight up, you know, three chords in the trees uh, type of thing. And it just, my, um, I, I wanna say I got bored with it, but it just my mind kept wandering further um, to to create, you know, to create different music. And um, mm-hmm. but I've always loved southern rock. I've, I grew up listening to everything, you know, from classic rock, southern rock, rock. Um, country bluegrass um, I, I, I like just about everything um, but the southern rock just especially in the last three or four years just really started speaking to me like I felt just really passionate about writing it and playing it um, so we kind of morphed from being a little more country to being a lot more rock and roll um, so it's kind of been a work in progress over the last 10 years of really kind of figuring out who we were as a band and who I was as a performer, writer, and singer. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to my records that I put out in, you know, 2009 and, and, and from then on, I mean, the, the change is pretty dramatic, and we're actually, we, we're just finishing up a new record right now um, called American Son as a title track, and I've had the honor of uh, Charlie Daniels singing mm-hmm. on the title track with me on it, um, so we're... We're fixing to put that out uh, probably the beginning of July, uh, and I'm really excited about because it, it really represents what we do today.
1: Oh, that's cool. How did that How did that album come about? Like, what the? I'm always interested in the process. Like, I I write books and uh ebooks and stuff like that, and, and poetry and all. Um, but the how you know how I write what I write. I guess that maybe there's some there's there's some uh, common ground there, but how do you come to the writing process? You know, you're traveling a lot. Uh, your sit down time, I'm sure you're always hunting around for a phone charger and place to sit and all of this. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. such a busy, busy time. Especially looking at your schedule, it's just unreal. I don't know how you do it, uh, but at the same time, you have to uh, you have to write. If you want to do more music, you have to write but how does that process happen? How do you, how do you go about that? Um,
2: you know, it, for a long time, I just kind of wrote when it came to me, like, I'd, you know, even if it was just an idea, I'd put it down and come back to it later. Um, now it's more like a job because I, I actually um, uh, am a paid writer now. So like I, I have a publishing deal. So besides writing for myself, I write and submit songs for, to try to get other people to cut them as well. Um, so my process now has changed a lot to where you know I make a lot of advanced um, uh, meetings with other writers, and I'll go you know sit down and write with them a couple hours a day. And then, uh, but I, I personally I, I, I like to write when I'm just kind of alone in my element. Um, and whenever it comes to me, I don't I don't try to push anything. I don't sit down and say I got to finish a song today. Like if I, if mm. I start feeling like I'm stretching for something, I just put the pencil down and walk away from it, and and I come back to it when it feels right, you know. So, uh, but I, I write a lot. I've, I've I've written a lot of songs over the last uh, ten years or so, and it, it's part of the job that I love. Yeah, I just I love creating sure. music and coming up with a different way to tell a story. And as a songwriter, a lot of the stuff I write is, you know, personal experience. Um, so, it's kind of it's kind of cool to put, put that down. It's kind of like a, it's like watching a child grow, you know, when uh, you find out, it's like when you find out your wife's pregnant, it's like when you have the idea for a song and then you put it down on paper and then you watch it grow from paper to a, a guitar and a voice behind it and then you take it to the studio and all of a sudden it's a full-blown song that, you know, just came, came from your head. Probably, probably I would imagine the same way with books, you know, when you finally open up that book for the first time, uh yeah, you know, after it's published and you know, you smell the paper and and skim the pages through your fingers and you're just like, oh yeah, this is
1: awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and what is cool about it is, like you say, it's you know the story of going back to the beginning. Um, I like uh I like to hunt. So I like to be out in nature and I'm into photography. So I'm I'm always out in nature with something that I'm aiming. And um and I have to say, it's during those times that I get inspired. Now, sometimes when I'm hunting, I have greater uh, inspiration than other times, and sometimes I don't. And I, of course, you always like the greater inspiration times, so but sometimes things will pop into my head uh, while I'm out there. And I've often thought, man, you know, i to bring a little piece of paper or something, but, you know, use your phone, your little smartphone and tap out, oh yeah, this or that, or. Uh, but, you you know, you got to tap it out. You got to because you think you'll remember it and you won't. And uh, I'm sure that's probably mm. happened to you you're somewhere. You're real sleepy. You've been on the stage for hours and you know, singing your guts out and and you you're lay down. You finally able to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden you think of something. And maybe there was a lot of times where you said, oh, yeah, I'm going to remember that tomorrow. And then you wake up tomorrow. You're Like, what was that I was thinking of? I can't yeah. remember.
2: Oh, yeah, man. It's horrible, too. You're like, that was a number one song.
1: Yeah, that no, one that no, one was no, going to that wasn't going <laughs> to get you the double garage. That was going to get you the house with five garages, but it, it, it didn't happen because you didn't write it down. True story, man, true story. I'll take a, double, yeah.
2: I'll, take a I'll, take, I'll take a double wide with uh, 100 acres, man. I'm fine with that.
1: You know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's funny that you just said that because I'm I'm a country boy. I grew up in uh, southern Delaware. I know people don't think of Delaware as country, but southern Delaware, there's only three mm-hmm. counties in Delaware, Sussex County, Newcastle County, and Kent County. Uh, Delaware is a real small state and uh, Sussex is the most country part of it. And and But I did, I literally grew up on a farm and uh, we didn't farm it. Somebody else farmed it, but and there's woods and water all around. And I'm telling you, I was so privileged to grow up there. Uh, the house wasn't very fancy. It was old, 150-year-old house, no insulation, single-pane windows that let the snow in when the wind blew, and um, mm. and we heated exclusively with wood, but I'll tell you what, being able to go out into the acreage and see so much wildlife and and experience yeah. them, not just when I was hunting you know, for food, but also just the experience. I tell people this story, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, maybe it has, but... I fell asleep at the bottom of a tree it's something about being out in the woods I was uh, it was hunting season and uh, and it was actually later on in the hunting season so it was super cold and not many hunters were out there and I sat at a tree I was tired and I was just a young kid and next thing I knew I was asleep but the next thing I knew after that is I woke up hearing snorts and feeling like somebody was watching me I opened my <laughs> eyes only to find a deer right in my face, you know, kind of snorting and breathing hard and looking at me over like, what in the world? I have a gun there. And I just enjoyed watching. Now, the deer wasn't a deer I would have shot anyway. But the point is, 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 is just something special about being outside hunting, combining your favorite you mm-hmm. things, just being out there around it. So I agree with you. Acreage is the thing. God doesn't make any more land that I know of. So uh, that's the way to go. So, you guys, when you try, yeah. how do you travel? Like, you, I'm looking at the schedule and I, I gotta tell you, these tour dates are, this is kind of brutal, man. This is, now, when does your, when does your new, uh, do we still say album? What do we, what do we call it? Yeah, CD? yeah, we still, yeah, we still say album, you know, record album. It's still the term that's used today, I guess. I got you. So, you're going to one of my favorite places. I'm gonna have to tell my buddy, my buddy, uh, he was on actually last week. His name is Andy Stump. He's kind of a famous Navy SEAL, one of the youngest ever in DevGrew, uh, and he's also a world record holder. He was on last week, and uh, he flew a wingsuit oh, wow. uh, 18 miles, laterally 18 miles. Yeah, pretty amazing guy, and he's moving cool to Montana, so I'll have to tell him you're going to be out in Montana. Maybe we can uh, have him come check you out and, uh, and, and see what you're doing yeah, there, because you're going to be in Montana for several dates.
2: Yeah, the, actually, the, um, the one, the date that's uh, uh, at Pine Creek Lodge in Livingston, which is right there in, in Paradise Valley, um, yeah. beautiful, like, I'm, I love Montana and Colorado, like, I love just being out there, um, but that is oh, yeah. actually, um, it's, it's the 8th of July, but that's actually a, another fundraiser that I'm putting together for, for Base Camp 40 and um, another organization that's uh, based out of Montana. Um, we're do, all the proceeds from that show. are going to go to, um, to these two, vet, to, uh, base camp 40. And, uh, I cannot think of the name of the other organization right now, but it's two, they're both 501 C three nonprofits. Uh, the other one nice. is, uh, they do fly fishing for veterans. And then of course ours is we do hunting and
1: fishing trips, um, with base camp. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's awesome that you're doing that. Now, Base Camp 40, give me a little more detail on that, because we have a pretty generous audience. Um, how did that come about, Base Camp 40? What's First of all, what's the name about?
2: Uh, well, so Base Camp 40 is, uh, the name is the, the, the area, uh, is the Section 40 of the plot in Colorado um, that the mainly hunt in that it started in. But uh, my partner, Paul Bristol, actually hired our band to come do a deal about five or six years ago to raise money for the hospice in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, his mm. father just passed away and he wanted to do something to give back to them because they took really good care of his dad. And um, and uh, he took me to this place called the Bedford Ranch um, up in Glade Park, Colorado, and it was one of the most uh, spiritually awakening moments for me, uh, that I've had in a really long time, this, this, there's this rock out there called Mojo rock. And he takes me out to this rock and it overlooks this amazing mountain landscape and canyons. And, um, it overlooks into Utah to the LaSalle mountains. And it, it was just incredible. And I just, honestly, for the first time, uh, from being home and from Iraq, I, I felt like, like I was home. Like I felt mm-hmm. at peace inside myself, just look, just being in this spot. And I, and I said, man, would you, you should share this with other veterans. Like this is, this is moving for me. Like I can't explain it, but it it, it is, this mountain is amazing. And so we kind of part of ways and we, we started talking and, uh, you know, after that trip and decided that, you know, we we're going to try to do this thing. And a, a bunch of landowners up, up in that area were really generous to, to let us use their property and uh, and their houses and they would donate the tags. And, um, so we started it there and then it's just gradually moved. And now we do do hunts in Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Kentucky. Um, we do a fishing trip in British Columbia. Um, and we're still, we're a small organization. We run about, you know, I, around 60 guys a year. I'm guessing. Um, but we kind of like it that way because it, it's, uh, everybody's always part of the family. Once you come through, you're, you're always welcome. You know, we're not a one and done kind of thing. It's, you mm-hmm. know, uh, people are always welcome to come back. So, uh, but with that being said, you know, we're always looking for funding because we are a small organization. So if there are anybody, if there is anybody out there, you can go to, uh, bc40hunts.com and, and check it out. And, Uh, uh, there's a donate link on on the website and you can check it out and uh, uh, send us an email if you have any questions or if you have anybody that uh, we do combat veterans uh, no matter if they're wounded or or not um, uh, so if you have anybody that might could use a hunt or some time out in the woods you know there's a place where you can go on there and, and submit somebody's name and you know kind of tell their story and stuff like that as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, uh, and I will tell, I'll tell my buddy Andy stump about it because you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a purpose driven dude. I mean, he, he's, uh, he, he has a, um, a uh, website called confessions of an idiot. It's a blog and allegedly he's the idiot, but it's <laughs> smart, smart dude. And really, really, um, really interesting how he thinks he's an intense thinker. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh you know, I, I'll tell him about that. That seems like something that would be right up his alley to, to play a part in because he's a hunter as well. Well, i tell you, it's, it's yeah, an interesting yeah. story that you have. I mean, it is um, – I think that when I – you know, uh, I'm a big Joe Bonamassa, and I was a huge SRV fan, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, oh, yeah, I was just yeah. a huge fan of him. And, uh, and so when I listened to music – I um, I don't have that much time so when I listen to music I'm really really thoughtful about it and I, I switch mm-hmm. through kind of quick if it doesn't catch me and the sound isn't it isn't what I'm what it doesn't resonate with me somehow or another then I just move on And in yours, everything that I've listened to and I appreciate you sending me those mp3s or those wave files so I could uh, click them on here and I'm gonna play a show when or play play Olivia I love that. Um, you you sent two good ones because I'm I'm into both of those, and so yeah, uh, cool. but I'll play those for the audience so they can have an understanding of your flavor. But I say all that to say this that your sound is even though we could assign a genre to it, uh, it is a unique sound. It's it's a uh, I guess I would call it unpretentious. You know, it's I unpretentious. That's that's,
2: a, well, that's probably one of the best compliments you could ever get as a musician trying to create your own music.
1: Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome. It's true. The truth shouldn't always have to hurt. And and uh and so when I look at your when I look at your music, I would call it that. I would call it unpretentious. It's very high quality music. Very clearly, clearly, uh, highly skilled, um, highly highly skilled musicians. I mean, there's no doubting that uh, your guitar player, (coughs) excuse me, he, he is very, very good. Your drummer's excellent. Obviously you have a rich guitar sound in there with not, it's, uh, I don't know, you know, I was a, I wasn't a drummer in in, in any way, shape or form at that class, but um, I did play the drums and, and when the drummer overpowers the rest of the band, it's, you're always trying to listen around the drum and yours is perfectly blended so this new album that you have it's called american sun yeah okay so yeah, that, i'm assuming that we're, we're looking at go ahead
2: uh i said we're, we're we're trying to get get it out um in july we were trying to push it we were trying to get it out in june but um uh it just probably isn't going to happen in time so we're, we're looking at july but um American Sun is the best we've ever been. Um, the guys and the, all the guys in the band just, uh, killed it on this record. Um, and that's one thing about us is we play our own, you know, there's not very many bands out there that, you know, that are assigned to, you know, labels or whatever that, um, that write their own music and play their own music on the record. Um, you know, there's, it's a lot of, you know studio musicians and we're just we're really proud of the fact that we 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 write it we play it we record it and we we yeah. live it like this it's us. You very know?
1: organic it's very very organic mm-hmm. yeah i like that now i'm told my buddy sean tells me that uh we have uh, had a mutual friend in chris kyle i always tell the story mm-hmm. about i was so proud and excited to get my lizard skin boots from Amarillo, texas and i was headed to Vegas to to uh, do this shot show thing and and uh, and and uh, Chris and I had been talking back and forth about you know hey wh- where are we going to catch up and this and that and it's before American uh, Sniper had really really taken off and yeah. uh, so I went in and there was these shoe shine fellas and I, I said hey man, let me get these new boots shined which was stupid uh, because <laughs> uh, Texas Kyle Chris Kyle told me. Um uh, well what happens is is I, I pay this fellow money to shine. He says, You want them really shiny? I said, shiny as you can make them. And so I pay the money. I walk into the restroom right around the corner. And who's there but Chris Kyle? And of course, you know, the biggest hug I ever got in my life just about broke my back. And he's standing on my shoes, on my boots and uh i just bought them and just gotten them shined and he's standing on them i'm like man what are you doing stepping on my boots he goes ain't nobody ain't no real cowboys gonna have boots that are shiny and uh so we we had a good laugh about that and i'm thinking i think him literally every time uh every time i wear those boots and so apparently you your drummer and chris had some sort of connection um
2: well i they (laughs) yeah they, he, he got choked out by Chris
1: uh, well that's no yeah, surprise Chris let
2: me tell you a, yeah Chris is a buddy of, of, of mine and we actually uh, met Chris came out to a base camp 40 hunt, uh, and that's where I met Chris for the first time I didn't I had no idea who he was and when when we first um, were introduced somebody says hey Chris this is uh this guy was telling you about um he's got the band you know as a Marine he said He looked at me dead in the eye before we ever shook a hand or anything. And he said, yeah, I heard there's some jarhead up here that thought he could sing. And I looked Uh, back at him and I said, I heard there's some squid out here that thought he could write books. I hope you brought a few in case we need to start a fire later. And Chris has looked at me and just with that big crooked grin and he, and he he looks at me and goes, I think we're going to be friends. (laughs) And then we just (laughs) hit it off, you know, so. uh,
0: He's
1: hard not to like.
2: He is, man. it's like you feel that he's he was larger in life
1: than um Yeah. Uh, but humble. Ma- amazing but, but person. So darn humble. yeah. Oh. You know, so darn yeah. humble. It's funny because he uh he and I would talk on the phone and uh he'd ask me about this or that and I said, Man, I think your book's gonna be a, a bestseller. I just have this little book. This is no big deal. But I said, Your book I think is gonna be a bestseller. No, no, it ain't. I said, yeah, I think I think Chris, I think your book is going to be a big deal, and uh, yeah. and he was like, I don't think so. And I said, no, you're you are a uh, you're a celebrity. He goes, no, oh, man, I ain't no celebrity. And he says, you know, I'm just regular. And uh, but he, the thing that I love about him is during his lifetime, he did good with his life in whatever circumstance was presented to him. He did well with it. He And by well, I mean mm-hmm. he did good. He did, he did good. I and mean, most people, if they don't understand combat, they don't understand war and the war fighter, sometimes the good that you can do is to be highly efficient at what you do. And as a sniper, uh, I don't ever think of a sniper as being a guy who kills people for a living. I think of the sniper as the guy who saves his buddies, his battle buddies for a living because if yeah. he's not up there doing what he does well you, you know the 0311 boys just get plinked off and and uh you know iraq yeah. and afghanistan these are places that uh they've got it figured out that that's their home turf it's just like sharks and humans the sharks own the ocean if we think we go in there and the only thing that evens us out uh as a war fighter is the sniper you know and and having the mm-hmm. eye up high and and the, and the rifle that can reach long and long and, and fast. And so, well, listen, I, I appreciate what you do. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I know you got a hundred thousand things to do. Uh, and, uh, we're going to play you out, play, um, Olivia out. Can you tell me real quick uh, and tell the audience real quick what Olivia is all about? (laughs) Man, I, (laughs) my wife used to have run an in-home daycare
2: and she watched this little, little girl named Olivia. And, uh, she was was sitting on the couch uh, in the living room and Olivia started crying and I just looked at her and I said hey don't cry Olivia and then I was just stopped and I said I think that's a song I'll be right back and I went and wrote it (laughs) I started writing it uh so it was just
1: you know one of the things that was spur of the moment something hit me and yeah and I wrote it isn't that funny how your song came of just that one little thing uh, and I think it's interesting, too, about how you write your music is is somewhat atypical nowadays, because some, uh, a lot of times, you know, people talk about the real terrible experience they had or the, you know, the great thing that happened. But you talk about life. just general life. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like it. I think that makes it real and and, and it makes it relatable. Like I say, it's unpretentious. Your audience is an unpretentious bunch. They're, they're, you know, We, I guess I'm part of your audience now, we listen for authenticity. We listen for, uh, obviously, you can't suck at your instruments and can't suck at singing. You may have a great, great uh, lyric, but if you suck at your instruments and you suck at uh, singing, there's nothing to listen to. I mean, you just have to force your way through it. You just have been better to send me the words on a text. Uh, but when you combine Excellent, excellent lyrics. And I think this one, this one's really, really good. So I'm super excited. Uh, Listen, whenever your album comes out, it'll be finished when it's finished. And I'm sure your many fans will be excited to hear it. And when it does come out, you let us know and uh, we will be sure to tell our audience all about it. Hey, listen, man, be safe going to your next place. Yeah, definitely. And for sure, you know, you let us know and we will we'll be all over it. And uh, we'll get it out to the folks and we'll make sure they know how to get it. How can they get their music right now?
2: Uh, everything we have is on uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon. Uh, we have our own Pandora station, Spotify, all that stuff. So anywhere where, where music can be downloaded, streamed, or I think you can actually order it from places like Walmart and stuff like that online uh, for hard copies. So um, just, just Google in
1: Scooter Brown Band and, something should pop up somewhere awesome that's awesome well i tell you what it's just been an absolute pleasure to have you uh we're excited to have you on and and uh you you have done the scooter brown oh wait whoa 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 whoa. somebody just sent me what's the deal with your nickname scooter um it's it was a
0: joke
1: actually it was oh man
2: dude I got stuck with this name from a joke. i have never been called Scooter in my life. In my Marine Corps budget, when we got out, um, we got our first paying gig out in the Houston, Texas area. And uh, they needed a band name. We didn't have one. And he knew I hated being called Scooter. And mm. so he had the bar put Scooter Brown on the marquee oh. so they could advertise for it. And I pulled up and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. And so, you know, he's laughing inside. Well, you know, a ton of people came out to this show that was friends and family. And so bars started calling, saying they wanted to book Scooter Brown band. And then when we put the, hmm. the band together, we actually tried to come up with a, a real band name and finally somebody just said, man, why don't you just keep it? It fits, it, it sticks, you know? And so, uh, I kept it and now I'm a six foot three tattooed, long
1: haired scooter Marine. <laughs> i like it i like it i like it It stuck it worked for you that's all that matters yeah. that's all that matters That it worked. Yep. well listen uh thank you for answering that i sure appreciate it we're going to play you out with olivia and folks you got to make sure that you look up scooter brown band they're doing good work uh they're not just a band they're they are an influence on culture uh the songs that they write and sing are solid quality music with a, a really really great message and uh, really super well done, super well done. Thank you for joining us, man. I really do appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys
1: having me on, man. Thank you. No worries, God bless you.
0: Don't cry, Livia Ain't the one to And Don't cry, Livia I need to see you smile Don't cry your head.
1: That right there will play. That right there will play. Now, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I like that song. I like that song. Now, if I could have cranked that any louder, I would have. Trust me. And a little bit later, after I go off the radio, I'm going to crank it up just as loud as it will go. Love that. Love the story behind it. Just a little girl crying in a little in-home daycare. She's just crying, and, you know, it struck him, and and there you go. Scooter Brown. you got to support this band, Scooter Brown Band. Really, really awesome. And uh, it's funny, the this, this six degrees of, of separation, because, uh, you know, Chris Kyle scuffs up my boots, we become friends before he becomes famous, and uh, we end up bumping into each other. I knew he was going to be out there, but I didn't, I wasn't positive we were going to be able to spend any time together. And then, you know, just a short while afterwards, he's he's murdered. And, uh, and then here, uh, Scooter Brown knows him, and his drummer gets choked out by him, and Uh, which I can understand. I'll tell you the the funny thing about Chris Kyle is the dude, uh, he, he wasn't that, you know, he, he was a big enough guy, but he wasn't that big of a guy. And, but he just was strong. He was country strong, just country strong. And I have to tell you, it's just a pleasure to know him. And, and, uh, and then here, Dave Bray. And, and uh, of course, uh, you know, he's been a friend of the show for a long time. We love what he does and uh, we appreciate what he does. And, uh, Scooter Brown. Well, I tell you what, that was good to have him on there. Thank you to my my great friends Angie and Sean for keeping on me. You know, you got to keep, you got to keep on me, as you well know. You got to keep on me because, um, you know, but but it'll come. It's I generally find that if uh, you stay on me, it'll come. Hey, remember, living through grief on purpose ebook. I'm giving it away free. Uh, follow, all you have to do is if you have Twitter, follow me on on, at the Ninja Pastor on Twitter at the Ninja Pastor. Uh, Like me and follow me on Facebook if you have at facebook.com backslash the Ninja Pastor and at the Ninja Pastor. Now we're moving, it's to be like, well, there's not that many likes on there. Uh, We're trying to move everybody over to that from the main page because we have limitations with what we can do on the main page. We'll cross post everything to the main page, but so like us and follow us there. And then uh, go to theninjapastor.com and uh, fill out the little thing—just your name and email. That'll put you on listen. We'll send it to you at no charge, directly to you at no charge. So, and then you can share it with whoever you want. But I really do appreciate uh, you doing that. Remember what we said. Uh, you know, it's—it's funny how it works. Some, somebody knows somebody. Somebody has a resource we can employ. So the folks that have reached out. Uh, especially my my great friend uh, Dave, been a friend for a long time. Boy, through the through the very toughest time of my life, and I don't know that I was as good a friend to him as he was to me, but I will always be thankful, absolutely always thankful uh, for the apartment situation for my friends uh, that that they're, they're you know they need they need a, a good place. So um, suffice it to say, you know it's neat how we all kind of know we all kind of know you know somebody else and. And uh, it is a kind of amazing thing, which is kind of how I came across this Helo LX because uh, somebody, somebody else had mentioned something to me that I didn't respond to. And then somebody else uh, sent me this little link and said, Hey, you should think about this. I know with your, your health issues, um, this would, this might be helpful. You know, your loved wife might worry less. Uh, it, you know, you've been out in the wilderness and all that in your condition, if you have this, because this will note if you stop breathing or you go below eleven respirations or your heart rate goes too high, your blood pressure goes too high, it'll it'll set it off. So, uh, kind of a neat thing. I I, I push it, um, and um, I just think it's a cool thing. You just go to http colon backslash backslash and uh, say hello, s a y h e l o dot wix site w i x s i t e dot com site dot com Uh, Backslash Dr. Sean and and all that stuff is there. It's pretty cool. and So we really appreciate, uh, you know, if if you go and you sign up for the Scooter Brown Band's Facebook site and just click on tour or tour dates, you know, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Um, it, it. You know, well, I'll tell you, this is what strikes me. Now, this is how stupid I am. How in the world do you eat healthfully on the road? <laughs> I mean, you're going from place to place. And I think, you know, as a, as a paid public speaker, you know, we travel place to place, but we don't have that kind of schedule. And I can tell you, I couldn't keep up that kind of schedule. We'd love to come and speak to your organization, uh, you know, or your, your you know, whatever group. Um, it, it's one of those things. That you might not think that eating healthfully is a big deal, but it is a big deal. It is really a big deal. And to drink plenty of water and, and all this, because, you know, there's always plenty of, plenty of soda or pop or uh, you know, plenty of alcoholic beverages there. But there is, you know, a lot of times there's just not so much healthful stuff. And, and uh, as you grow in prominence, you are able to have these things called riders, right? So if I go somewhere, you know, I can say, hey, you know, come come speak there. This is what I'd like to have in the green room. These are some things that I like. This is the temperature I like in the, uh, that sounds really prima donna, but you know, if you're a singer or a speaker, you've got to have certain things and you can't have other things. Like if it's real hot where you're waiting, you know, we'll call that the green room, if it's real hot in there, that messes up your voice. But if it's real, real cold, it messes up your voice. Now, if you're going to step on stage and you're going to, because I, I get after it hardcore. I mean, I really, really do. Uh, and you step on stage, you want to not have any falter in your voice at all. You just want to be able to get after it. Uh, you want you know, your, you want your vocal cords to be well lubricated. Same, These guys, you know, that's what they need. But, you know, it'd be good to have something helpful. But you have to watch what you eat because if you're going to go out and sing, certain things, (laughs) certain things, you know, it's it's, it can be it can (laughs) it can be a negative. So um, you know that's you know it it sounds stupid, but it it really is a real thing and it and it can be very very important. Um, I will say this, uh, you know, I, I said something to. Uh, Scott about being unpretentious and you know being authentic, and if you've watched any of the rock and roll awards, uh, you watch country awards, and then go watch rock and roll awards, or watch um, you know Christian music awards or gospel awards, you know, and then then go watch the rock and roll awards or pop music awards. Is there such is a radical difference? It's a radical difference, and and you know you think to yourself, man, are these people even? Uh, yeah. Jerry says, Jerry says green M&Ms. I got to have green M&Ms. I would put that on my rider from here on a green M&Ms. I only want the green ones. <laughs> get it greener. You guys get it. Uh, like grass is always greener, green M&Ms. And, uh, Hey, by the way, I know that my friend, uh, Dave Bray, we're just talking about you. Um, you know, good to, good to have you, uh, good to have you listening. Um, He's got some new music coming out. I think you can check out Dave Bray. That's that's an important thing. It's, a, it's an important thing because when you do music or you speak for a living, uh, you really it's it's a weird, it's it's a very strange existence. It really, really is. Because I, you know, I was always an entrepreneurial person. Then of course I almost get killed in this crash. And actually, I, I did get killed, I was dead for a little bit and everything changes, you know, you, you've got to look at your life entirely differently, and, you know, obviously, the limitations and all of that, uh, it, you know, it is, it's weird, you know, you look around, and you think, man, I was, you know, I was really self-sufficient before, and now I've got all these limitations, um, and, and if you speak for a living, or you sing, or play an instrument, or whatever, you depend on people inviting you to come, and in a profitable way, people are always willing to have me come speak free, you know, uh, different organizations. God bless them. I'm always very sensitive to that, especially freedom and liberty organizations. Uh, but they're always willing for you to come free if you're willing to come for free. But you can't pay the electric bill with that. So, you know, they look the electric people, they look at you and say, we're cutting your electric off. We love what you do, but we have got to cut your electric off uh, because, you know, goodwills and wishes, that doesn't get it all done. So. You guys know uh, Logox, thelogox.com. Thelogox.com. Um, if you, if you're a person, a wood person, you know you heat your house with wood, or you even have a little fireplace or whatever. And you cut some wood, and you go out in the woods to do any any sort of work with wood. You gotta get this tool. There's this thing called a three-in-one tool. That's all American-made by a veteran, uh, veteran-owned and veteran-run company. Uh, great people. I know them very, very well. And I'm telling you, this tool is amazing. But what they've done is they've said, Hey, for your listeners, just have them type in the Ninja Pastor at checkout, the Ninja Pastor, and they'll give you $25 off of the 3 month one tool. It's not that expensive. I've, I'm, you know, this thing is all American, every bit of it. And you can see it all over the place. I mean, it's, it's now it's catching on like wildfire, but uh, they've still honored it. You know, once they got into some big publications and, and some big distribution channels, you know, I wondered, Hey, are you still going to do that? The Ninja Pasture discount. And they are, they still are. They're honoring that. So $25 off the Ninja Pasture, the uh, for all your, and I tell you what that make a great gift for somebody, you know, that, that, you know, cut a lot of wood or did a fair amount of wood cutting. Um, because it, it did, I wish I had it. We eat our house hundred percent with wood. When I was a kid, and I can tell you, I wish like anything I had it. So you by now, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that um, Mr. Uh, director, former director James Comey, uh, hashtag you're fired. He uh, has lost his job, he's been terminated. And first, let me let me just say this. And this is gonna sound funny to some of you. Some of you are gonna hear this and you're gonna go, wow, that makes sense. That's an ninja patch, how he works. Uh, I can tell you that, uh, by the way, somebody asked me, uh, how they get the second call defense. All you do is go to my website, the ninjapastor.com. Look at the bottom. There's a red banner. Click on that banner and that'll take you right to the site you can watch videos for free and all that. Learn all about it. And then, um, that should automatically put in the code, but it's 20630. They'll give you a free month. They give you your give you your money back for your first free month. I wouldn't own a I would not own or carry a gun if it weren't for them. I mean, absolutely would not. And um, good people, good people with a great product. So uh, a lot of a lot of people and, and sadly, yeah. Who is James Comey? He is history. Uh, but I don't think he's gonna be out of the uh, I think he's gonna surface in some some real liberal circles, and that, that will not surprise me at all. Uh, that being said, a lot of people on the left, of course, we expect that, but a lot of people on the right are going on and on and on about, you know, how he was fired. And uh, it, it is interesting to me that they would fuss about that. And they said there were some major people, even, um, ah, what's his name? The guy I couldn't stand. He worked for Carl yeah, Rove. He I don't like him. Uh, I've never liked him. I've actually met him in person. He's not a person that I care for. Uh, he he was a genius during uh, his tenure with President Bush, number forty-three. However, you know he's he, uh, that'll be all I say. We we'll just we'll just leave it there. Uh, suffice it to say, you know, even Karl Rove came on and he said, you know, well, you know, while I think that him firing president Trump, firing him was the right thing, who cares when, uh, him finding out about it when he was giving a speech and looked up on the TV screens around the room and saw that, you know, the Chiron, um, you know, going on and on about, you know, Comey being fired. Um, I, I will tell you, I don't care. Uh, in fact, I think it's apropos and it's saying all that to say this, that, uh, you know, I wasn't a hardcore Trump fan in the beginning. Let's be honest. I wasn't at all, not even a little bit. And, um, I was a Ted Cruz fan and, and my buddy Philly Bob. And, and of course, that's where I met, uh, Charlie and Marianne Strange the for uh, the first time, or no, I think they were. They were telling Bob and Millie about me, and uh, so that's where I went, Bob and Millie the first time. And so Charlie and them come through the door, and we hear uh, Ted Cruz give a speech, and it was amazing. It was an absolute stem-winder of a speech, and uh, I was hooked. And I researched the guy, and I said, "This is my guy for president." And and I supported him, but but once he didn't make it through, you know, and and President Trump, then candidate Trump was our guy. I'm behind him. And I gotta tell you, initially I had some serious reservations, but now I I kind of wish I was a Trump guy from the beginning. Look, I think it is awesome how he did James Comey. James Comey threw him under the bus. And and that is it, you know. You look the, the president that we have now is a guy who pulls no punches. He doesn't worry about being fluffy, he doesn't worry about you know saying certain things a certain way. He just gets her done. You know what I'm saying? Gets her done. Gets her done. He gets out there. He gets in there. And my buddies who are Secret Service guys who are on him say he's the hardest working person they've ever covered. Uh, he, is, he is just extraordinary uh, to cover because he is a phenomenal worker. And they say the same thing. He treats us so well. He treats us with such respect. And when we observe what he does, You cannot mistake that he does what he does in the interest of America. And, you know, uh, to conclude that it was disrespectful in some way to the office of director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, I think is you're you're a little naive. You're you're a lot naive. quite frankly, if you're stuck on that, you're a lot naive. The fact of the matter is, is. Friends. You know, when the FBI Director does what he does, does what uh, James Comey did, y- you have to conclude certain things. You have to you have to look past the propriety of how it happened and recognize that what had to happen happened and it happened exactly how it was supposed to happen. And people say, "Why now? My goodness, President Trump has opened himself up for, Scrutiny and all this, I think that President Trump is a genius. Uh, I think that he has got them all figured out and that everything that he does has a timing. It has a strategy. And and it has a, a purpose behind it. I mean, he is absolutely uh, 10 steps ahead. He's 10 steps ahead. And... What I find extraordinary is that because he's 10 steps ahead, in, in all quite all, almost every, almost every single thing, the press is always scrambling. I loved what uh, Mike Huckabee's daughter did say. she was stepping in for, most people don't know this, that Sean uh, Spicer is a military officer, Navy officer. And he is on his reserve time right now. This week, he's serving in his reserve time, his active reserve. And so he's not there. And that's people, you know, of course, people start with the stupid rumors. I always tell people on, on social media, I say, listen, stop with all this supposition. And, oh, we haven't seen Sean Spicer, you know, just like um, Dr. Gorka, who has been on the show and will be on the show again. Oh, well, Gorka's out at the White House. And people make assumptions. And it, it's just stupid. Don't do that. Don't do that as conservatives, be a thinker, think it through TTT, think things through. Don't, don't all of a sudden start talking about it. And then as the story develops, you adjust your story to reflect the, uh, you know, what ends up being the truth. Just don't even fool with it. Seriously. Don't even fool with it. Just, just stay on hardcore onto what's real and what's right. And the truth will come out. And that's when you want to do that. So uh, Huckabee's daughter, um and uh her she's hyphenated now Huckabee Sanders she she's stepping in for Sean Spicer while he's doing his deal and I have to say that if Sean Spicer ever moves on or gets another role in the White House I'm fine with that because I think he does an awesome job but whew, Huckabee Huckabee Sanders let me tell you something this this young lady she is not going to be trifled with and she you know she just she doesn't mess around. She calls it what it is, and uh, and I like that. I, I really like that. So President Trump, you know, people were saying, asking the question over and over a thousand times, same question over and over. Uh, eventually, she'd just stop a- answering it and move on to the next person. If you asked a question again, she would say, you know, if you're going to keep asking the same question, just move on. Uh, but But people were making a big deal of, come on, you know, whatever you thought of James Comey, as an FBI director, my goodness, it was just disrespectful. The man has served his country for all these years. Now let me first say, you know, the FBI director doesn't get paid peanuts. He gets paid. He gets paid macadamia nuts. You know what I'm saying? He gets paid good money. They make good money. They have great benefits. He has retirement for life. Um, you know, he is. He served. Sure, he's been employed in government. But I don't liken what they do to now the agents, the line agents and all that, and the undercover guys, that's absolutely serving. CIA, I have a particular connection with the CIA and those protection group guys and the undercover guys, um, you know, and ladies, look, that's serving your country because you still, you don't get paid anything. But Once you get to that level uh, and you're running the joint or close to running the joint, you, you make a lot of money, a lot of good money, and the benefits are amazing. But the risks are amazing too, because you are uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, under fire and under scrutiny all the time. I like that President Trump, look, he sent a, he sent an envoy down with a handwritten letter saying, you know, hey, you're fired, uh, but much nicer than that. Thank you for your service. Uh, and he wasn't in his office. So uh, they, they sent, you know, they did, they sent it by electronic means and they sent it by uh, paper means. And so, you know, he, he covered the bases in that regard. And I think that's fine. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any need to make a big fuss over it. People say, well, that's terrible. The guy served so honorably for all these years, 27 years. And now, you know, he's going to hear about it when he's giving a speech in California and Los Angeles uh, up on a TV screen. Come on, that's not right. Well, what's not right about it? I just have to ask you, what's not right about it? I don't, I don't understand what the big hue and cry is because to be very direct with you, that guy threw president Trump under the bus. He, he, he didn't care how much harm he did to the president of the United States. And quite frankly, I don't think the man cared about the United States. I don't think he did. I, I don't think James coming, I think, you know, I think James coming, by the way, 6'8 six, eight people are asking me, gosh, that guy's so tall. How tall is he? Six foot eight. Um, I don't think, He, he liked to hear himself up on stage. I think that's what he liked. He did like that. And he lost himself. I mean, you see the many, many inconsistencies. Now we're finding out about his testimony. The man was so wrong, was so woefully inaccurate. I wouldn't have trusted him if he worked for me. I wouldn't have trusted him. I would have let him go if I heard the testimony that he gave. And then I found out, wow, this is completely inaccurate. So it's either A, a lie, or B, he is incompetent. He's got... To go doesn't matter to me timing wise. They say, well, yeah, but he's leading an investigation on the Russia connection. Well, first of all, read up a little bit. He's not leading an investigation uh, on the Russia that that's over. Congress is now you know the the liberals in Congress and and by that I'm including the the ones with the R's after the names that uh, I want to don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started on these people. Um, but they you know, they're, they're doing their little investigative work, but the FBI is finished. They're finished with it. It's done. Didn't do anything wrong. Move on next. But well, they don't want to do that. They want to keep the narrative. The left wants to keep the narrative. And then the never Trumpers want to keep the narrative, you know, that he, he could have done something wrong. We just want answers. Well, this guy, Comey, he, you know, all six foot eight of them. He thinks that, uh, you know, somehow or another, he is above that. And I think what president Trump did, hashtag you're fired. I think it's phenomenal. So, this is Mike Huckabee, uh, and he says this Democrats who are falsely claiming that pre existing conditions will no longer be covered under Republican health care reform had better pray that whiplash isn't a pre existing condition, since some of them are going to suffer it after stopping on a dime and doing a snap about face on their demands that FBI Director James Comey be fired. Now, it's a great first paragraph because it says a lot in that. I think uh, I don't know how good a president. Um, Huckabee would have made. Governor Huckabee would have made. I don't know. I've met the man. I met him in uh, the the Cuban section of Florida. I'm trying to think what the name of it is. That going can't remember. It's a great restaurant that I was in when I was doing my book tour, and he and a bunch of his people are there having dinner. And you had to go by his table to go out. And because uh, I never I never try to disturb people when when they're uh, when they're eating. I mean they're they're you know they're doing their thing. They don't need a bunch of uh, they don't need a bunch of interruption and all that. And, and, you know, you're trying to eat your meal. You finally get a chance to sit down and eat and then people come up to you and want you to sign stuff and all that. So, you know, I kind of just waved at him and he reached his hand out and I shook his hand and I said, you know, good to meet you to Governor Huckabee. I'm Sean Greener. And uh, you know, he struck up a very brief conversation and I said, Hey, I don't want to bother your meal. Just go on and enjoy. And then I bumped into him one other time and uh, he was gracious then too. So I have nothing to say negative about him. I like how he puts things. Uh, When he's being interviewed, I like it. He just says how it is. How he was as a governor, I don't know. And how he would have been as a president, I don't know. But I'm telling you, I like what he writes and I like what he says. The first thing he says in this is Democrats who are falsely claiming, uh, let me hashtag lying, that pre-existing conditions will no longer be covered under Republican health care reform. What the House passed includes provisions for preexisting conditions. Now, those of you who know me well know I do not and have not had health insurance for quite some time. Why don't I have health insurance? Well, I have massive preexisting conditions from my car crash that nobody in their right mind would cover. I did have health insurance coverage at the time of my crash, but due to Obamacare, I lost it. Why did I lose it? I lost it because because of Obamacare. uh, The... (laughs) my son sent me this, uh, this, this thing, it's, it's uh, drone fishing for tuna because I do a drone, I do cinematography and, and, uh, I think that's hilarious. It's, people are commenting on that anyway, not for nothing, but, um, you know, the insurers there are very few insurers still in Delaware, uh, the state where I am domiciled and they, uh, they're dropping like flies. And so as a result, my insurer, which I liked. it was a it was a uh, health savings account. I think it was like four hundred and something dollars a month, uh, five or seven thousand dollars deductible before the eighty twenty twenty kicked in. and then I think once you spend fourteen thousand, then something like that. numbers, I, you know, I don't know. But the point is if something really bad happened, I had coverage and I had coverage with a good company. Well, that company, based on impossible business circumstances, Foisted upon them by a guy who's never signed the front of a check in his life, um, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. You know, they said we can't, we can't operate here. There's just no way for us to operate under these conditions, and so they didn't, and they can't. Um, so here we are today. I have no health insurance. I desperately need health insurance. No, none of the health shares or Liberty Health Share or any of those Medishare. None of those will take me because obviously the preconditions are so significant they just won't. So you say, well, what do you do? Well, healthcare insurance is not healthcare And so I do the best I can with natural stuff and, and uh, good chiropractors. Um, I tell you, uh, bioenergy med, they're, they're wonderful Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Maringel, world-renowned guy. Thank you, Jerry. And Joe for turning me on to him, he has literally saved my life many times. Dr. Tracy Hudson in Lewis, Delaware, handloving chiropractic, absolutely amazing, and Dr. Trent Ryan uh, up in up off of two hundred two in Wilmington, Delaware, absolutely unreal. These people have cared for me uh, and literally saved my life, and um, I'm forever grateful. Well, that's how I have to do it, and I probably don't receive the the health care that I probably should, uh, but you know. This is this is how it happens. I mean, folks, this is how it happens. This is this is reality. But you know a card, a health care card is not Obama oh we're we're covering, you know, 12 million more people, 15 more p- million people have 22 million more people have health insurance. Well, health insurance card is not health insurance. Health care is is not a little card that you can't use because you know, it's $14,000 before you get to use it. Um, I looked at Obamacare, and if they would have covered me, it would have been $3,800 a month. Yes, $3,800 a month for their lowest plan. Yeah, we'll cover your pre existing conditions, but you got to pay for it. Well, that's reality, folks. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I don't want anybody to feel uh, bad for me uh, at all. It is what it is. Um, hey, I, I'm okay with it. You know, I trust God. And I try to, you know, I'm trying to eat well and, and, uh, do good things with my life and, and, and be healthful. And, and that's that. God calls me home. He calls me home. That the best medical care in the world is not going to ever keep that from happening. Um, and, and the worst health problem is not going to kill me if God says, no, you're staying. Look at my crash, an absolute fatal crash, died and came back to life. That's, you know, uh, insurmountable odds. Nobody had ever seen a crash like that that somebody had walked away from. I didn't walk away from it, but I lived. So, uh, so I like that. I like that Huckabee calls it like it is. He says it right up front and says, you know, that people are saying this. That's not true. It, it is not true that pre existing, there's no coverage for it. And, and Republicans and conservatives, and I'm doing air quotes for the radio, uh, folks, uh, We've got you've got to stop saying things based on what the left tells you. Because they're not it's not true. You read it, you see there is coverage, and you say, Well, wait a second, I saw all over the news that they've done away with that. And 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 you know, it's just Obamacare light, except for this is gone and that's gone and all these things. Stop that. Wait until the final thing. You know, the Senate is gonna mark this thing up and and do whole different bills. They're working on it. Yes, I understand. We all agree. The House and the Senate should have had a bill ready to go day one, uh, knowing that if a, a Republican won the presidency, then that's going to be job one, because America doesn't want Obamacare. No matter how much the the ultra-left tells you that they do, the by and large, the people in America don't want it. They don't want it. Anyway, uh, some of them are going to suffer... Uh, suffer whiplash after stopping on a dime to do a snap about face on their demands that FBI director James Comey be fired. Now, they're going crazy now. Even Chuck U. Schumer going crazy, absolutely going crazy, losing his mind over, and even Chris Matthews talked about there was a whiff of fascism in the firing. Now, I like Mike, I like to see, Mike Huckabee says this, and I agree. I like to see the left struggling to explain everything. Why they they wanted, even Chuck Schumer? He's on video, folks, screaming for the firing of Comey, screaming for the firing of Comey. But then when he gets fired, guess what happens? Well, you know, it's the timing. Uh, it's to this. I agree, you know, probably shouldn't have been fired, but why the timing now when he's being investigated? When this, guy, this is the guy running the investigation. Well, first of all, you need to understand, he's not running the investigation. The FBI director is not running the investigation. He is the director of the largest uh, law enforcement agency in the world. He is not personally investigating it. So you need to put that out of your head. Let that go. Let's, Let's stop repeating things that are patently incorrect. That's not how it works. It's never worked that way. We need to stop repeating things that are just plain and simple, untrue. Let's not be dumb. There's nothing worse than being dumb. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing worse than being dumb. And so here here we have this very important thing um, called truth. And and so lots of stuff is being said. uh, But now uh, Nancy Pelosi, she's concerned for the president, of course. Uh, You know, Chuck Schumer said that he's concerned for the president. He tried to advise him. Listen, you're the losing team. The losing team doesn't go to the winning team and say, here's how you can win better next time. The losing team should shut their mouths and go home and practice their craft. But this is not what the left does. The left is always going to stay in the face. Listen, you're going to see former President Barack Hussein Obama soon open his trap and and wax uh, philosophical, I guess you would say, on what President Trump should and shouldn't do. You know, love or hate President Bush forty-three. You know what he did? He shut his mouth. When he was finished being president, he shut his mouth. He didn't tell President, uh, former President Barack Hussein Obama, how to be president. He shut his mouth. Say what you want about President Bush forty-three. He did what was right to do. He didn't. He didn't stick his nose into places. And I like that. I'm just going to tell you right now, I like it. I really, really do. I like that he did that. I wish that Barack Saint Obama, and I said this to people, oh, thank God he's gone. He's not gone. He doesn't have limitations now. He can say and do just about whatever he wants. Heck, he's a private citizen making 400 grand a speech. Now, do I mind him making 400 grand a speech? Let me tell you something. If somebody wants to offer me $400,000, and I don't charge that much for my speeches, but uh, if somebody wanted to offer me four hundred thousand dollars to speak at their thing for an hour, I'll speak all day. Heck, I'll do a week and a half. You want me there all month? I'll be there all month, every day. Be there early and leave late. Four hundred grand, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from the banks, you know, this guy gets it. He's utterly and completely a uh, a farce. But you know what? We we get all spun out over it. We get all Twitter painted over it. And oh, I can't believe it. The uh, the utter whatever they call it gall, you know, uh, hypocrisy. We, uh, it's conservative. We need to stop using that word hypocrisy. It does not apply to the left. The left, the word hypocrisy does not apply to the left. It doesn't. It doesn't. We need to stop with all this whining and moaning and wringing of our hands about the left saying hypocrisy. We do. Seriously, we do. It's it's time. It's time we stop with all that mess. Stupid. They're not going to change. They they are not uh, they don't run uh they don't run the same way we do. Do you see what I'm saying? They don't they don't work the same way we do. They don't operate under the same moral code that we do. They they they're not uh burdened by that. They're not burdened by the moral Uh, objective. They're not this morally superior position. They're not. And the more, as conservatives, we run around wringing our hands, talking about, oh, I can't believe how two-sided, two-faced they are. Get over that. That's what they do. And they do it, you know, with this wry sort of smirk on their face. And they don't care what you think. They're They're not moved by what you think. So let that go. Okay? Just let that go. Be done with it. The president, look, President Trump did what, what was right. And I have to look at it and I have to say to myself, you know what? Uh, you I put this in a way that's respectful. We want to pick apart what the man does. We We want him to go in and we want him. We want President Trump to drain the swamp that's what we want that's what we want in all fairness that's what we want we, and that's not a bad thing to want folks we we want this we we want this we do we we want to drain the swamp the swamp is huge drive through washington dc Drive through the district and and all surrounding and look at those buildings. Your taxpayers are paying for those buildings. And all of those people, government servants slash employees, they get paid very well. Get paid very well. And and unfortunately, many of them, most of them, the majority of them now are liberals. And and they're on the inside and they're looking to to confound every effort that President Barack President, uh, they're, they're, they're pushing the efforts of President, former President Barack Obama, and uh, and they're poisoning. They're poisoning the pool. So my point is this: is 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 as they they're poisoning the pool of President Donald J. Trump. So he's doing everything he can, and at every turn, even the conservatives are are fighting him. It, it, you know. President Barack Obama shipped guns to Mexican gangsters. He knew he was doing it. President Barack Obama, under his watch, he allowed the, the uh, hashtag IRMS, IRS to target nonprofit groups for their political beliefs. Spying on reporters, letting veterans die on healthcare waiting lists, and then covering it up. Suing the little sisters of the poor in federal court, forcing them to pay for contraceptives. He was found in contempt of Congress, and he still kept his job. Listen, man you you've got to you've got to look at what we dealt with, and then look at what we're going into now, and and you have to conclude this guy was a criminal, and all of his people, criminals. You say, well, that's high, that's hyperbole. No, it's not hyperbole. It's absolute. It's absolute truth. That's exactly what it is. It's absolute truth. it's just the bottom line it's just the bottom line what president uh, donald j trump 45th president of the united states of america what he is up against is extraordinary and and in this piece i encourage you to read it from mike huckabee uh, former governor arkansas governor mike huckabee uh, he he unco- he uncovers a lot of this um and and a lot of the the double talk You know, this guy's been chased after and 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 been been uh, tr- they're trying to cut his legs out from underneath them. He, they're not winning. They're not winning unless we let them win. That's the crazy thing about it is as conservatives, we let them win. When we keep parroting all the stupid stuff that they say, we let them win. We don't let them win. We hand them the win. It's crazy that we do. I don't understand why. I understand why. So here are 10 of James Comey's biggest embarrassments at the FBI. Before he bombed the Boston Marathon, the FBI interviewed Tamerlan Sarneev, but they let him go. Now, Russia sent the Obama administration a second warning about Tsarnaev. And I, and I hope that you understand that... Um, Our FBI knew all about, they knew all about the Sonea brothers. They knew all about them. But the FBI, they said, hey, you know what? Look good to us. We're we're not investigating them again. That's a big deal, right? That's a real big deal. That was a major terrorist attack. American soil uh, during the Boston Marathon. It was a major deal. And he was the boss. So shortly after the NSA scandal exploded in 2013, the FBI was exposed conducting its own data mining on innocent Americans, just regular people like you and me. And the agency uh Bloomberg reported retain uh, they retained that material for decades. Even if nobody, you know, they didn't nobody did anything wrong. They just they're keeping this material. That's that's a violation of federal law, it's a violation of our constitutional rights. Then the third thing is the FBI had possession of email sent by Nidal Hassan saying he wanted to kill his remember, he's the uh, Fort Hood shooter, wanted to kill his fellow soldiers, to protect the Taliban. Uh, they didn't intervene. Now he sent They had these emails. The FBI had these emails before he did all this shooting. They didn't do anything. And all those Americans at Fort Hood, they they could have, the deaths of all of those could have been prevented. Every single one. But under under James Comey's watch, they, they didn't do anything about it. Why? I don't know. These were emails saying that he wanted to kill his fellow soldiers to protect the Taliban. Now, what the only thing the Obama administration, the Hussein Obama administration, what they did, they jumped right on it, right? Of course, gun control, right? Uh, so none of the soldiers can carry guns because of a, a law put into place by uh, former President Bill Clinton when he was in office. You could, you know, he made that law. This was he he passed this, and it's unbelievable to me that they can go into combat but they can't carry a gun when they're on the base. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. And I would encourage uh, President Trump, he's already working on it, as I understand, uh, I would encourage him to overturn that. It's stupid. Uh, you know, the song I played of the Scooter Brown Band at the beginning, I, I, I don't know if you picked up the lyrics, but, and I, and I agree with this. Now, I'm not a drinker, but I have nothing against somebody who wants to drink a little bit of wine, a little bit of whatever, whatever your thing is, you know, don't do it to excess. It's your business. But it, you tell me at 18 years old, you can go in and put your life on the line for America, but you can't drink, you know, you can't buy a handgun, can't buy a handgun, but you can go over and, and, and put your life online and give your life for your country because of your age. It's stupid. I was just talking to somebody about that today. It's absolutely stupid. It makes no sense to me at all. And I, I think it's egregious. Quite frankly, I, I really, really think it's egregious. They did nothing. And all those American soldiers at Fort Hood, they died until a civilian with a gun came on base. How embarrassing, right? And shot uh, Nidal Hassan. Didn't kill him, unfortunately, but they shot him. Number four, during this, I better hurry up. During the Obama administration, the FBI claimed that two private jets were being used primarily for counterterrorism, when in fact they were mostly being used for Eric Holder and Robert Mueller's business and personal travel. Now, most of you don't know about this, but but this is this is a fact. The FBI they had these two private jets that were being paid for by the FBI. And they said, well, these are being used for counterterrorism. That, that wasn't the case. Eric Holder and Robert Mueller were both using this for personal travel so they could hurry up and get places they wanted to go. Number five, when the FBI demanded Apple create a backdoor that would allow law enforcement agencies to unlock cell phones of various suspects, the company refused, sparking a battle between the feds and America's biggest tech company. What makes this incident indicative of Comey's questionable management of the agency that is, A, the FBI jumped the gun as if they were, uh, as they were indeed ultimately able to crack the San Bernardino terrorist phone, and B, almost every other major national security figure sided with Apple, including uh, General Petraeus and and James Woolsey and uh, CIA, former CIA director, former director of the NSA, Michael Hayden. They said, such a crack, you do this, it's going to wind up in the wrong hands. Now, let me tell you, and I said this from the beginning, I even sent some Former contacts, uh, current contacts in the in the agency, uh, and I s- said, "Look, you know, you still got their fingerprints. Take take their fingers, their iPhones. Take their finger, lay them on them. It'll open it. Trust me, it'll open it up. He's gonna, he will most assuredly have made his fingerprint, you know, able to open it up and and just do that. It doesn't matter that the iPhone doesn't care if he's dead. Fingerprints, fingerprints." I suspect that's eventually what they did. That was night one when they were talking about that. They were like, oh, we got to get into this phone. It was a a non-sequitur. It was really, really stupid. Just poorly managed. In 2015, this is number six, the FBI conducted a controversial raid on a Texas political meeting, fingerprinting, photographing, and seizing phones from attendees. Some of the group believe in restoring Texas as an independent constitutional republic. Now, if you've ever been to Texas, you understand that in, in a good way. Look, Texans are Texans first, then they're Americans. They're fiercely independent people. And you know what? I, I envy people that come from a state that they're, hey, I'm from I'm from so-and-so first. You know, I'm a Texan first. I'm a Tennessean first. I'm a, you know, Ohioan first, whatever. I'm a Delawarean, first, whatever the state is. You know, and, and we're envious of that. We don't understand it because most people don't love their state as much as Texans love Texas. Look, the United States needs Texas far more than Texas needs the United States. They're one of the top economies in the world. They're like the sixth or seventh largest economy in the world. Texas is. Texas is carrying the United States. Number seven, during its investigation into Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified material, the FBI made an unusual deal in which Clinton aides were both given immunity and allowed to destroy their laptops. Now, I don't, you know... A lot of people will laugh at this. A lot of people will say, well, that's probably pretty sketchy, but you know how it goes. No, you you don't let them. They're part of an investigation of mishandling classified material in which telephones and laptops were used to do these crimes, which they knew were real. And you say, hey, you know what? We're going to give you immunity, everybody, every single person involved, and we're going to give you back your laptops and allow you to destroy them, which is exactly what they did. Number eight, the father of radical Islamist uh, who detonated a backpack bomb in New York City in 2016 alerted the FBI to his son's radicalization. And he says, hey, you know, I don't believe the way he believes. He's going to kill somebody. I don't want that to happen. So the FBI, they cleared Ahmad Khan, Rahmani after a brief interview. And what did he do? He ended up killing a bunch of people. You guys understand that, right? This is the FBI. The FBI says, hey, we're going to clear him, you know lot of fumbles. They've screwed the pooch a lot on this. Number nine, the FBI investigated. This is during, all during uh, James Comey's, this is this is all during his tenure. You got to understand this is not a small thing. So they also investigated the FBI, investigated the terrorist who killed 49 people, wounded 53 more at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, despite more than 10-month investigation of Omar Mateen, during which Mateen admitted that he lied to agents, the FBI opted against pressing further and closed its case. You you guys understand that? That case has been closed. The Omar Mateen case has been closed. The father ends up behind Hillary Clinton at a campaign event all over television. He ends up behind her, just feet behind her. I've posted photographs of it before. You, you, you know, check out all my different websites and Social media and all that stuff, and you'll see it. I've posted a gazillion times. <laughs> I mean, you could laugh, but it's not funny. Number ten: CBS recently reported that when two terrorists sought to kill Americans attending the draw Muhammad event in Garland, Texas, the FBI not only had an understanding. Uh, an attack was coming, but actually had an undercover agent traveling with the Islamists, Elton Simpson and Nadir Sufi. The FBI um, has refused to comment on why the agent on the scene did not intervene during the attack. Again, a civilian with a gun. Civilian with a, or no, I think she was a police officer with a gun. Stop the attack. Now, this is all under Comey, and that ought to be enough. My friends, that ought to be enough, but it's not. It's not. It's it's you know real quick. I'm almost out of time. We were going to talk about who are the possible replacements for uh, James Comey, and there's a lot of names. Rudy Giuliani, Chris Gi- Giuliani's not going to do it. Chris Christie, he's not going to do it. Andrew McCabe, he needs to go. Uh, he is poisoned. I like Mike Rogers. That's who I like. I, I really believe Mike Rogers would be would be a, a, a really good choice. A lot of people are, are saying Trey Gowdy. I love hearing Trey Gowdy talk, but that's all Trey Gowdy does, is talk. That's what he does. Uh, and, and some other silly names, people that don't have the requisite experience to do it, are being bantied about this sheriff, who's a great guy uh, from Wisconsin. Look, he, you know, he would tell you that he is certainly not, um, you know, he's that's that's way out of his pay grade, way, way out of his pay grade. Look, I appreciate you listening today. I, I would appreciate you if you share this with everybody. Remember what I'm doing. I'm giving away uh, Living Through Grief on Purpose, the ebook. Uh, all you have to do is like and follow me on Facebook. Contact me there, facebook.com backslash pastor, And at, uh, go over to theninjapastor.com, uh, sign up there, and just send me a quick note. And I will absolutely uh, be happy to send you that. Send you the link to it. It's free of charge. Uh, we'd be real happy. Remember the Hilo L X, uh, say hello site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com backslash dr Sean. That's all about this cool uh, oracle that I wear. And um thelogox.com, the logox.com, the ninja Pastor. You put that in the code, you get $25 off. And at the bottom of the ninja click on second call defense. Um, I w- I won't be without it for real. Click on that, they'll give you a month for free. I love doing what I do. Uh, and the reason why I love doing it is because you people are awesome, and I thank God for you, and I thank God for America. Let's fight to keep it, keep it good, keep it real. Uh, because if we don't, guess what? Nobody else will. We we are in barefoot in the snow days, as our first president, General George Washington said. God bless you.